Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. NFL preseason is in full swing, and the Ringer NFL show is now airing four shows each week, covering the latest news stories, training camp updates, fantasy football advice, and more. On the site, Robert Mays, Kevin Clark, and Danny Kelly offer up their insight on the 2019 season as we inch closer to kickoff. You can read their pieces on TheRinger.com, and you can listen and subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're to, listening to. And you are listening to. You're listening, you're listening, you're listening, you're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm your host, David Shoemaker, and joined on the Masked Line this week by one of my favorite guests, the one and only Mike Lawrence, comedian, writer, um, wrestling super Mark. How you doing, Mike? Good, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to hear. That's yeah. like my, my level of excitement Should, should right I have now, an so. entrance? Well, it's a fat guy. <laughs> it's a fat guy in glasses today. <laughs> Um, no, I'm glad that I, I mean, you're, you're across the country. We're just being connected by the wonders of modern technology. I don't actually know that you're Mike Lawrence and not a Mike Lawrence lookalike whose hood is pulled off by Daniel Bryan. Um, uh, we are going to talk about the shocking reveal in the Roman Reigns storyline, uh, which we'll cover raw. We'll cover SmackDown. We'll, we'll cover the King of the Ring, uh, tournament as it's gone on so far. But first I want to talk about what I guess is the most important thing in, uh, in the pro wrestling world. As of this week, which is the impending Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah, it, it just doesn't feel the same without Stridex commercials. Why <laughs> <laughs> was it why 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 YJ Stinger? Remember that? Yeah, the, oh YJ Stinger. That was epic. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> we need all those uh, awful commercials back too. I I welcome YJ Stinger back into my life. So just in case you haven't been following uh, following the news, um, a little while ago, it was announced that AEW, the new wrestling promotion helmed by, you know, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and Tony Khan, as uh, Kenny Omega, sorted others, um, is going to be a Wednesday night show on TNT. And then right after that was announced, there started, you know, the the rumbling started that WWE was going to try to counter program. Now WWE SmackDown is moving from Tuesday to Friday in the fall uh, for uh, on on the Fox network. Um, and now they've just announced that NXT is getting the call up. Not one wrestler, but the whole brand is getting the call up, and they will have NXT, a weekly show, on Wednesday nights, um, starting before AEW debuts, I think starting September 18th, on USA Network, every Wednesday night, NXT, everybody's favorite wrestling show on, w- on the WWE Network. Um, it's going to be a network show now. It's officially the third brand. There's a lot of rumors and innuendo circulating around it. Um, what is your what was your your first off the top take when you heard that NXT was going head to head with AEW? Um, uh, God damn it, do we uh, do we have a ECW? No, God, well, um, uh, 
What about <laughs> Shotgun Saturday night? We could call it Shotgun Wednesday night. Uh, no, no Vince that's gone. Um, uh, what else do we have? <laughs> I just it, It's such a pool. It's so weird. Um, it, it's it's going to kill NXT um, just by that show being two hours. Because the real the real secret of NXT is that it's one hour that we don't have Shayna Baszler and you know Adam Cole in a ring for twenty minutes, uh, you know, in the same Kevin Dunn production style that all the other shit is. <laughs> like the, I mean, that right? Wouldn't you say that's why everyone says it's the best well, WWE thing because yes. it's the least WWE thing? I'm on the fence about this one, and I'll tell you why. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, it's both both the weekly show and the takeovers, I think, benefit from at least the philosophy that everything doesn't have to be crammed on and they don't have this endless amount of time that they have to fill, you know, with the same stuff every week. But I think a little bit of the the fear about the two hour show is a little bit overblown because they they go. uh, I mean, they're going uh, the weekly NXT show on the WWE Network is what, 50, 55 minutes long, right? Yeah. So. And and once you factor in commercials, a weekly two hour show is going to be. I mean, it's like an hour and a half of content. So we're not talking about that much of a difference in time. Like they can fill that out by putting on, you know, a couple of commercials for Raw and SmackDown, and like and like a whatever, like a a Cassius Ono match. But I also guarantee you that like now that there will be commercials like that, that right there screws up your star ratings and things like that. And just in in terms of match quality, I mean, the necessary thing, but it's like, I, I feel, I get why they're doing it. I think it's exciting as a wrestling fan, just to have that feeling again. I, I think, you know, Vince, Vince loves himself a good competition. Um, what I at least like is that, they're not trying to frame it as not competition like they did with the Evolve show and these other things where they're like, no, I mean, we just had it booked. It's like, <laughs> no. I think now Vince no, no, no. is like, we're, we're going for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that people's trepidation, fans' trepidation about, you know, what how NXT is going to change is, is legit. But I do also think that this has to be considered a victory, right? I mean, I'm sure that, that I mean, it's like anything else in the world, you know. I mean, if you're like, if you're like a an indie rapper or like an indie rock band or whatever, like it's really cool to be known as like the number one act that hasn't been signed by a major label, right? I mean, that has a lot of there, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like it's a it's a it's a cool thing to be in that seat. But you know what? It's a way cooler to be a millionaire, you know. I mean, it's like it's way cooler to be like on the top top of the Billboard charts and selling out arenas. Not necessarily better, but I don't think there's not many people that wouldn't take that trade off, right? And I think that that Triple H is probably sitting in that seat saying like, man, it would have been great to just like keep flying under the radar or at least to the extent where like I keep doing my show and I get like unabashed universal praise for everything that I do. And clearly that's not going to be the case anymore. But this is a this is a positive move, you know, I mean, and it says a lot that they have that they decided to. I mean, the NXT is, has grown to the point where that was the obvious move for another program and not like, like you said, reviving ECW or hell, reviving WCW or like, you know, just there's any number of things they could have done with that spot um, that, that, that wasn't just a straight up NXT show. And they, you know, I mean, to NXT's credit, they earned this spot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool to see what they do. Now, one thing that I think. I mean, that, that caught my eye. One thing that's really interesting to me is that there, when I first started hearing these rumors, it was about FS1. I mean, it was that, 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 that Fox Sports 
um, was going to get the, I mean, was, was supposed to be, or was being discussed as the home for this show. And I know that they were in discussions with it up to the last minute. Um, but there's a lot of factors that went into it. Do you, I mean, do you have, I guess my take is that like, I don't know what FS1 would do with the show, but I know that, I know to some extent that they're, what the stuff they've already started doing, mapping out for the, for SmackDown makes me excited about a new look, a new feel. And I kind of feel like it's a better match for what NXT is doing. But, and USA, I think just to me, I guess I get a little bit of the, like no show on USA is ever going to be, is it mean it's always going to be a runner up to raw? I don't know. Does that, am I, am I overthinking the network thing? Well, what I think it really comes down to is Vince, uh, is going to have to feel like he at least killed AEW when he realizes he can't kill the NFL. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that's, what it's really going to be about from his perspective, from USA's perspective. I, I get like, I mean, it, it I think we talked about this last time, but it is so insane that how much of a decline TV ratings are and that wrestling in comparison hasn't sunk as much as everything else. Like I, I I wrote on a, a, on a network show this Mm. year and, and it was the first time I really paid attention to the ratings and I couldn't believe like, you know, I guess I always, you know, wrestling would get, you know, 3 million viewers, 4 million viewers. But in my head, I still thought network shows were getting 8 to 10. And most of them aren't. <laughs> most of them are getting those same wrestling numbers. Yeah. And and so I I get it from the USA perspective. I, I do think that, yeah, the perception of it being the also ran. Yeah. I, I think if they are smart, they won't change much but i don't think they 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 have to because now there's network interference now you have a buyer saying hey why isn't this happening why isn't that happening you know i think the wild card Mm -hmm. rule is going to be even extended you know we're just look now now there's a third place to have a, a roman reigns versus the revival match you know congratulations yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much crossover there is, whether or not it's the the wild card rule. I think that'll probably that terminology will probably or at least hopefully disappear in the not too distant future. But um, I and just in, in favor of a more sort of open borders uh, system in, within WWE. Although NXT might might continue to be its own little thing. It, I mean, of course, I think it it is. There will definitely be some. NXT reunions. You know, some guys get that NXT graduates that get called back down. Um, for special appearances, and there and there definitely could be. I mean, people fans have been clamoring forever about uh, using NXT as a place to sort of do your AAA ball. You know, when you're getting ready to come back up or to sort of vacation down there in Florida and and work NXT for a couple of months, and maybe they'll do that. I mean, maybe that that's a place for you know your whoever Cesaro or Sami Zayn. Although both of them look kind of good this week, but you know those play, people of that level to sort of get a chance to shine when they're not getting it on the on Raw or SmackDown, um, frankly, I think I mean I think I am there. There was a lot of talk I think kind of coming from uh, you know real time speculation by Melter and Alvarez. I don't know how resourced it was, and 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 you know that's not a knock in either direction. But that Vince would would certainly be very involved. And yeah, if this is a a live uh, USA show, Vince is going to be involved. But I'm frankly less concerned about the creative side. And maybe this is splitting hairs, but less concerned about creative and more concerned about 
the sort of functional stuff that you were getting at, you know, the sort of like if they keep doing, if they're still reacting to the network's whims, if they're still like trying doing this weird, like two out of three fall matches. So we don't have to have a match during the commercials or if they try to do like, if they light the arena more, like that would be bad. You know, like there's certain things that sort of give, I mean, that you hope that, NXT will be able to keep its character, even if yeah, it's not that, so much the booking. That's an important thing to say because it's like, I know that we are the oldest and most aware that we've ever been as wrestling fans, but it is also by far the most transparent that it has ever been <laughs> as a fake production. <laughs> like where yeah. there's not even the, uh, there doesn't even feel like there's the illusion anymore to, to make you think that it's real. You know, that, that it is yeah. actual uh, athletic competition going on with all of those different caveats and things like that. I mean, it, it was insane. Just just as an example, watching um, SmackDown last night and the uh, last King of the Ring match is on um, 15 minutes uh, towards the end of the uh, show. It was like oh, 945 yeah. when it started. And in my head, I'm like, this is a tournament match. Couldn't this theoretically go for a long time? And don't they still have this big reveal? You know, it's like you're already telling me (laughs) how short it's going to be. And it's like you don't even get the chance to think that it could be longer. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good point. Um, and you're right about NXT. I mean, there's a there's a lot of stuff that they that NXT does really well, but they also have some built-in. I don't know if it's advantages like like you know they should be great on a curve because of it. But like one of the, you know there's there's an ongoing sort of meta storyline in NXT about like who's going to get the next call up, right? I mean, that's yeah. like you're you're always watching matches, wondering when these guys are going to appear, guys and girls are going to appear on the main roster. Now that might be out the window if NXT is considered a show that's like, you know, close to on par with the other two. Now, who knows if it will be, but y- y- you take my point. And there's also, I mean, there's also that real like booking advantage of, of you know, being able to drop a title and just and leave. You know, I mean, there's like there, there's a real sort of significance that comes with beating somebody for the title and then they don't they're not on the show anymore, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and who knows if they'll still have that? I mean, there've been there's been talk about a draft. You know, they'll televise. We'll see. I mean, the one thing that actually makes me that that I like about this is I feel like there's a bunch that a lot of the roster right now in NXT is really well suited for NXT. And and I'm talking specifically about Champa, Gargano, Undisputed Era. There's a number of wrestlers that are down there that are that just that are feel at once too big for NXT but also just right for NXT and I wonder if if this might not be you know we might not just see a, a world where like this is their home you know try, like where Gargano is just the face of NXT into perpetuity I mean I really believe that the first episode on USA is going to be the first episode that Vince has ever watched he's going to see Adam Cole who looks like one of those sponges that you would find as a kid that when you spray water on it, it turns <laughs> into the form of Triple H. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's going to he's gonna see that shrimp of a human being and be like, what, what, what the hell? That, that's, my, that, that's, that's our champion? <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I mean, Adam Cole has, has uh, 
I mean, I'm going to be honest. That that's slightly my that was slightly my take on Adam Cole. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I yeah, I've, Vince is going to yell at every wrestler that has ever sold for him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's done a lot, man. And I mean, his his NXT run has been so good, especially the past six months or so. I mean, he's just he's on top of the world, and I. I think that um, I, I bye bye. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think I, I do think that's an open question. That's I it. Mean, look, that's, there, there, there are so many barriers that have been broken through in terms of wrestlers and size and stuff. Yeah. But but that dude, I mean, it, I don't know. It, it looks like remember remember that WrestleMania when they had the little kids that then turned into the adults. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Which yes. I watched with Saint Germain. That was the first wrestling we watched together. And I remember us being in um, his his dad's apartment, and we were watching, you know, like a little kid crush a milk carton against his head and then turn into <laughs> stone cold. And his dad had like forgotten his keys or something. Looked at us watching it, and then left. And Dan just goes, "This is the most embarrassed I've ever been in my life." <laughs> yeah, but that Cole Cole is one of those children. And yeah. Vince ain't gonna like that. I don't think. I I, I just yeah. The writing's on the wall there. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes. Uh, I mean, all the guys I just named, uh, you know, are are beneath what one would consider like the ideal height for for you know the main roster. And you know, Chomp and Gargano got that temporary call up before Chompa got hurt. And uh, and and I think that uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think that there's. I I think that. Uh, I mean, listen. It, it would be within W. It would be in WWE's interest to like kind of have a whole, have a one of their one of their brands, um, sort of feature slightly smaller guys because there's so much talent there, you know. And just, and they just have sort of five live already. Well, they do, and I, th- I think two hundred five. I mean, two hundred five live is in a really interesting spot because, you know, there's th- what three of the guys between Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, and Ali are like legit main roster performers now, and mm-hmm. and. You know, at least in terms of like, you know, Buddy Murphy is obviously bigger than 205 pounds, but I mean, it's not like we have to constantly comment on their size when they're in the ring. I mean, I guess, you know, Ali no, and, and no. Cedric are working, are working more aerial styles, but, um, but, and, and 205 Live has actually been really good, but 205 Live itself is now featuring more and more wrestlers who are, while, you know, probably legitimately under 205 pounds, they're, they're not like traditional high flyers in the way that we would have thought about them in like the, you know, Monday Night Wars era when they were you know the first hour of Nitro Monday Night Wars era and um so you know it would be it would be interesting it'll be interesting to see if they I bet there'll be a lot of 205 live and NXT overlap um as NXT kind of takes to the takes to the airwaves and i think um, the other the other part of it is you know how does this affect AEW i think that's important to right, talk we haven't about even talked about that you know and in terms of what they do and and um you know I, I know that quarter hour ratings aren't what they used to be, but like that part of it's going to be fascinating. And how do you program against what the yeah. other guy has and things like that? And, you know, the sillier, more niche stuff of, of both companies and how that could potentially lose viewers. And where do you choose We're, to put that stuff? Yeah. It's true. Here, here, we'll talk. We'll, I mean, we can go in depth on AEW, but just in terms of the competition, we got to say that one, um, you know, I know a lot of a, a lot of the stuff that went on behind the scenes for, about this NXT negotiation. I don't know how much of it is news, um, 
I know that, I mean, for, if anybody, if it helps anybody's peace of mind about this whole thing, Triple H was like really, really involved in the negotiation. I mean, this wasn't just like Vince, like, you know, like took this portfolio away from him and left him at home. I mean, Triple H, I think is going to be, you know, very as, as or more involved as, you know, as Heyman is on Raw or anything. I think it's, I think this is still Triple H's show and, and Vince will be involved. Yes, but this is Triple H's baby. And I think that's well, I mean, that's, that's acknowledged fully within the company. Also, the the FS1 thing, um, you know, I, I know that one, I know that one of the big reasons why this landed at USA and not Fox Sports is that um, Fox Sports couldn't clear fifty two weeks off of their Wednesday night calendar. I mean, they just they have they have sports obligations and they couldn't air it, and they and, and WWE didn't want to be, be in a position where it was getting preempted or shown somewhere else. Now, the other thing that you keep hearing over and over again is that is that USA has more permeation; it's in more households. And it's, you know, people are watching Raw. They know exactly where to find NXT. And the big thing for Vince was he wanted the best chance to win this ratings battle, which gets to what you were saying. Now, quarter hours don't really work the same way. You're right. I mean, ratings, it's going to be a real feather in one of the other's cap to see who wins, although that matters so much less than it ever has. We're like, so we're, we are we are multiple technological jumps past the last time we had a Monday Night War, or since the WCW, WWE Monday Night War. Right? 100%. I mean, and with the amount of content that there is that there wasn't back then, when those were the only two like big wrestling shows, you know, and then obviously you had SmackDown and Thunder later, but like it, it is different. And, but yeah, like you said, with DVRing and YouTube and all these other ways, tw- Twitter even, you could watch, you know, clips. <laughs> And and stay into it. Is yeah, really going to affect it? Well, and 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 more than that, you can watch them both at the same time. I mean, it's like yeah. I, I would t- a huge percentage of wrestling fans, anyway. I'm sure have the ability to have one on their TV and one on their laptop. You know, I mean, this is not going to be that hard to 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 watch them both and to pick which one you're. I mean, man, I the, the one of the coolest and most frustrating things about the Monday Night Wars back in the day is you were constantly flipping channels to make sure you weren't missing a better thing, and because the, the only way you had to know was by hitting last or, you know, hitting skip on your remote control. Or you did what, you know, you had your buddy watching one and you're watching the other and you called each other. You know, I mean, like there was, it was, it was such an eon ago in terms of technology. I mean, I think the, at the end of the day, watching it live hardly matters. Everyone's going to be DVRing both of them or, or you know, somehow watch, be, having the ability to watch them both whenever they want. Um, but yet they're still going to be battling over these like real-time ratings. It's still going to matter. And I think it's going to, we're going to see how much the TNT promotional machine is worth, you know, I mean, how much they can, how much their, the, the, that family of networks can really get behind AEW and make it seem like it matters. But I think, and part of me thinks that both of, both of these brands are going to benefit from it. You know, I mean, it's suddenly, it, it's, if, if there were a night where it was just NXT or even if it were just AEW, despite all of the hype it has attending it, uh, I, I, I feel like having them both on in the same night sort of makes it, more of a must-watch night of wrestling, right? Yeah, I mean, if if anyone gets affected negatively up top, I, I I think it might be SmackDown because now, like, and this is I don't think anyone's like really mentioned this. SmackDown's now the third show of the week. You know, SmackDown is now like that's the 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 sixth hour of wrestling that you're gonna watch. <laughs> like when you start it, you know what I mean? Yeah, you've already seen five hours of content if you are watching it in any somewhat chronological order. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I I think I think yeah, I think it will help the quality of things, but I also think that 
there will be a distinct winner pretty early on. Um, and do you have uh, a prediction I, about who it's going to be? I hope it's AEW, but but they have to do things. They they have to be very smart and careful. I I was lucky enough to go to their first two you know um, live events. Um, well, I'm I'm, I'm counting uh, all in, I guess. But mm-hmm. I went to all in and doubled or nothing, and the atmosphere was incredible. So I I think it is essential that they capture that at home, make you feel some of that, like you're a part of it feeling and um and i think some of the 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 petty shit i i think the best way that AEW can win is not doing the dumb throne smashing stuff and things like that it's just having a better product and i think they can i think they have a more well-rounded roster than than nxt or or raw or smackdown to be honest with you yeah, we're going to talk about Orange Cassidy in just a little bit, at least in Boom. I want to mention him, but I think you're right. I mean, I think that um, I just think there are so many questions about AEW that it's hard to even predict. Now, their shows they've done so far have been really top-notch. And, you know, Being the Elite and all their other web content has been really, really good. Uh, we don't really know what their show is going to look like yet, though. You know, I mean, if I don't think we, I don't, I don't think we can assume that everything outside of the ring is going to look like being the elite. You know, I, I just, I just think that there's that they have a whole lot of talent there, both in the creative side and obviously in ring. Um, and it's gonna, but, but I, but I think there's a lot of. I know that they want to make it feel different. You know, I know that they want to try new things. I know that they have a lot of runway with the network and they're going to probably spend the first six months or a year just trying to, you know, figuring out in real time what they, what they are and and just in terms of a, of a television show. Yeah. I think uh, AEW has the potential to get people that don't watch wrestling. And I think NXT does not have that as much. I think NXT appeals to people that are already fans, but AEW could energize people who aren't and be like, Oh, that's cool. You can watch like five minutes of a young bucks, you know, Lucha brothers match, Anyone can and be like, oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. into that. Yeah, I think that the real thing, I mean, that might be the biggest thing that AEW has going for it. And that like when you are trying, when, when you when you have that opportunity to give somebody, a, you know, when you have 30 seconds to sell somebody on wrestling, like, hey, do you want to come over this weekend and watch the wrestling? Or do you want to, or just like, they're like, hey, what? So what's, why is everybody talking about wrestling right now? If you pull out, I mean, I feel like I, my first instinct would be to go to like Bucks Lucha Brothers. You know, I mean, it would be to go to something like that's just the pure in ring wacko spectacle. And and that's, a you know, that's that's a real thing. I mean, their their cards have so far have been really good top to bottom in in, in multiple different styles. But, you know, they're doing they're building something really cool and we don't know what it's going to be yet. And that's the thing is, we you know, with for all the uncertainty surrounding NXT, we do know what it's going to be. I mean, we we know more or less how that's going to feel. And we're going to spend a whole lot more time criticizing it because that's the nature of tell you know of 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 broadcast television or cable television um and the way that we we react to wrestling products that we think Vince McMahon is involved in um but we know what it's going to be like and yeah. it'll be and and AEW is a real wild card now the big news out of the AEW quarters this week um well they just announced they're going to have like a get to know AEW show that's going to precede the debut which I think is really important and shows that their heads are in the right place but I don't think it moves the needle a ton but the big announcement is that um they signed uh, apparently they signed Tony Schiavone to a deal um and WWE was kind of apparently looking at him too or sniffing around or like you know maybe willing to offer him a deal 
Um, does Tony Schiavone make you want to turn on into a wrestling program in 2019? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, you know, ironically, I don't think it puts butts in seats. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I will, I will say, uh, first off, I would address the the WWE of it. It's like you guys had years. If you wanted this guy, you could have had him at of any course. time. So if you're saying now, oh, but we wanted him, it's like you could have. Like I, I think. You know, I, I got to work with him at um, the, the last event and uh, just like panel stuff. He's so good. He's still and he hasn't lost a step. He's just a great broadcaster. And and also, let's just give Conrad like a moment of credit for, you know, Bruce and Tony were not working that much in the wrestling business when he started those podcasts. And now they're they're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Know? So I mean, listen, incredible. Conrad's doing fine for himself. I don't think we need to oh, worry yeah. about it. But it's kind yeah, of yeah. funny the degree to which he's like he's become the like the the farm team for pro wrestling now. He's right? the best I mean, manager since Heenan yeah. in, in terms of <laughs> you stick with me, you go to the top. You don't. You're never heard from or get to promote Blue Chew again. So he's got a number of podcasts, but he's got Starcast though. Which so I guess he's like kind of involved with AEW unofficially or whatever. But um, you know, he's he's obviously got his teeth in the wrestling business. He can he he can kind of write his own check to a certain extent. But it's funny that he's that you know Bischoff, Shivani, Pritchard, all these guys are just oh like, yeah Bischoff also that's another one yeah, yeah he, he kind of like, <laughs> that's crazy he yeah. sort of like rehabs these guys for the wrestling audience. And because it's not like they they you know their skills don't change while they're doing the podcast, their resume doesn't change, but they're like their Q rating and like the internet wrestling community surely changes, yeah, you know, and that's and that matters a lot for these things. And and they're you know they're showing that they can do well with advertisers and things like that, yeah. And I I think I think Tony, yeah, like I said, I don't think it in terms of moving the needle. It's not going to get people to come, but I think he will be a good reason to make people stay. I think that he's really consistent, um, and I think that people will just like hearing him and his take on things. I think he's a great play-by-play guy, and it was a really smart move on their part, and, and, and a backstage producer. I think that's the other big talent that he has. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk on Jim from Jim Ross too that they're just going to use you know Jim Ross said they're going to use him in every way that they can, um, and I think that that's really important because it's you know WWE when you talk about any competition they've had WCW TNA all that kind of stuff they they've always like had this great head start on just infrastructure right I mean just the like yeah. TV production uh, you know uh, relationships with arenas and of course just like backstage like you know producer roles. Um, it's really hard to build that that kind of infrastructure up from scratch. So whatever they can do with this old guard, you know, and, and however they can harness their energy or their 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 abilities, that's great. I wonder though if there's a if there's if part of the calculus is you get Jim Ross, you get Tony Schiavone, and that sort of helps normalize the show a little bit in terms of like you know for for any fans or lapsed fans that tune in that it that it seems you know more like WCW and less like whatever wrestling society x or whatever you know underground or something like that just it feels it feels more like an established property even though it's not i I don't know i don't know it's it's an interesting gambit for sure i think it's you know i think it's you you just got to combine it i think you know excalibur for instance has done such a good job in those first shows like keep him by all means um have the old and the new so have this comfort food that's there but also have that more uh, 
relevant, exciting presence. I, I think what it really comes down to in terms of presentation on, on the commentary side is not making things seem like an inside joke and um, not making the viewers feel lost. Um, there's going to be, you know, chants that fans do for themselves and niche stuff like that. And it's just the commentator's job to either explain it um, and, and let them know what they're saying or just to make them, you know, make them feel like they're a part of things. Because that, that was the big, you know, criticism. If I had one going to those shows, as, as someone who's not so into the indie world of wrestling, felt a little left out at times. And the commentator's job is to make sure I don't. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think I mean, and, and it'll be um, it'll be on them to sort of reintroduce every or introduce everybody to this sort of like interesting new world. I think for a lot of people, especially the people who listen to this podcast and the people that that make noise about this stuff on on line. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not the exceptions. A huge percentage of wrestling fans are kind of smartened up and into indie wrestling and blah blah blah. But like, you know. We're not all going to indie shows every weekend. We're not all watching New Japan all the time. And and certainly in order to move the needle in terms of like cable ratings, the audience is going to be have to be much bigger than that. So I like I like you saying that and just some guy in a bullet club t shirt being like, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I think that we're all I think that it's listen, the, the Masked Man show is a safe space where you can uh, where you can acknowledge your the in your in the inadequacy of your wrestling viewing. Yeah. We watch yeah. so much wrestling. We all watch so much wrestling, but like you know, I can I can say with confidence that I've never owned a Bullet Club T-shirt, but I would have bought one the first time I saw the first time New Japan and Ring of Honor did a crossover at a at um at the Hammerstein, and I and I knew nothing of the Bullet Club. I was like, I had my money ready to buy a Bullet Club T-shirt, and I knew jack shit about the Bullet Club. I mean, they just happened to be sold out of Bullet Club shirts by the time I got there, but. I mean, it's like I think there's a lot of wrestling fans out there that are still catching up. You know, you can talk online like you know shit, but like you're still you're still learning how how all this stuff works. And there's just so much content. I will say, as a a creepy looking white guy, I I would feel uncomfortable uh, wearing a Bullet Club shirt out in public without people knowing what the context of it was. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like some phones might be called. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's true. But listen, I feel I feel like things have gotten to the point in this country where it is that that that's a dicey shirt to wear. <laughs> uh, on some level, we're all part of the Bullet Club, though. It's okay. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of creepy looking white guys, um, <laughs> I'm going to segue out of this conversation for the moment, and I want to talk about uh, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and um, uh, Rowan and the ending of SmackDown. Where for several weeks we've been discussing or we've been li- we've been going through this weird uh storyline where Roman Reigns was uh, attacked by a forklift, uh some falling shelves. Um we all thought it was Buddy Murphy who did it. It turned out Buddy Murphy didn't, but he was there. He he fingered Rowan, Rowan and Daniel Bryan told got him to admit that he was lying, although that he was kind of forced to say it. And then Daniel Bryan and Rowan revealed the man they had found out to be the culprit at the end of SmackDown this week. And and I'm skipping over two five-star Buddy Murphy matches in the process. Well, we, we can get around to that if you want. But, it, but when they yanked the bag off this poor man's head, who'd apparently been sitting with a bag over his head for two hours, it was a uh, Eric Rowan lookalike, I guess, 
Although not yeah. like the best lookalike you could imagine. He didn't, they couldn't no. apparently fork over enough cash for him to actually shave his head bald, which was a little bit weird. No, but no like, that what? guy was straight out of a Guess Who board game from like 1989. <laughs> Here's this thing, uh, because this story, uh, you know, has elements of, of two of, of the more iconic stories in wrestling, right? So you have the... Austin, uh, a for the rock, um, getting hit by the car, uh, storyline, right? Which, which right. back then proved reveals are never what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that, like, but here's the problem the reason that storyline it did work up until the reveal was that Austin sold the injury, right? I mean, I know he had a mm-hmm. legit injury and had to be out, but Roman being upset about boxes falling on or whatever but still wrestling 15 minute matches does not help sell the story right yeah <laughs> like yeah who injured me i'm like i think you're doing okay buddy <laughs> i mean yeah he's, he seems well, to be not fine buddy, but yeah and then and then the other part of it is we got the the hebner right we got the main event uh 88 story of one guy two uh, <laughs> but it's like when you did that one it was to screw hogan out of the title after many years but but this one you i mean we were all just like what what oh, okay like you know that that's just some dude who was like working at a Starbucks that Vince saw and was like, doesn't he look just like Rowan? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that was the, the genesis of this? Do you think, what do you think? What, was, it's a chicken and the egg thing, but do you think yeah. we found a guy that looks like Rowan came first or yeah. we got, or we, the storyline came first and now we got to find the guy? In, in wrestling, it should be, it's it's a gooker in the egg thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this story specifically, I think, yeah, I think Vince just like looked at that guy's face thought it was the funniest thing i i i that the last two minutes of that show were weird and bizarre to the point that i can't imagine two people signing off on it just one person and they have all the power i i'm gonna just say for the record i think it's great i have no idea what the point of any of this is my guess is that we'll just never see that guy again and it's just this like this is going to lead to Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy versus Rowan and Bryan or something at the next pay-per-view, and that's fine. That's a great... That's a, I mean, if the if this whole thing was in service of making Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan interesting and bringing Buddy Murphy into our lives in a full-time basis, I'm, I, I don't care if they pulled the bag off the head and, like, you know, Vince McMahon was laughing underneath saying it was me all along. Like, this is, like, it's... Yeah, I, I feel like it's been a fun ride, if silly, and the ends justify the means, right? Right? I mean, Am I crazy? Outside of the third man in the NWO reveal, have there been good wrestling reveals? Like, you, you remember remember when they took Kane's mask off and he had, like, the smudgy eyes and the yeah. pat, and it just looked, it, like, ruined it? Or, you know, when you saw that, like, when they unmasked Rey Mysterio and he was mm-hmm. a toddler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Went to the same preschool as Adam Cole, um, like. But when you, it, it like how because the way that they build these things, like here's the thing that it as a gag was not a bad gag, but the problem is you hyped it for two hours. Yeah, you had all well, this shadowy and, and reveal the, stuff. We waited for a week before those two hours. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that's fine. Although I will so say th- that this is this is a guy who waited a summer to find out Maggie shot Mr. Burns. Like I'm okay <laughs> being let down sometimes. But. Oh man! Well, listen. I think that there's first of all, I think that every I I expect every luchador to look like Rey Mysterio now when the mask comes off, and it's so wild in like AAA or you know in in, in Mexican wrestling when whenever they have the mask matches, and it's just like a middle-aged dude with a beard underneath the mask. Like, it never computes for me. I don't understand how, like, I, I think everybody's going to be just like a, like a, like a very good-looking, young-looking fellow, but that's obviously not always the case. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I, you know, whatever. I think, I just think with all this, we can, comp- there's so much TV. There's so much TV, and I'm just happy. Maybe I'm un- irrationally happy, but I'm happy when there's something different that keeps me watching and yeah. for better or worse, this has really pulled that off, man. I mean, it's 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 definitely interesting. I will say confusion is a different emotion than uh, <laughs> feeling anemic. You know, uh, confusion and indifference, two different things, Shoemaker. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's that, that's getting getting thing. to say what is this instead of why is this watching mm-hmm. SmackDown. Good on them. <laughs> um, what. Uh, we, let's let's run through Ron SmackDown really quick because I want to come back around and hit on NXT and, and AW, AEW one more time before we get out of here. But um, yeah, let's see. Uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt attacked Jerry the King Lawler, who was I mean that was a really good use of Lawler to introduce him as your guest color commentator and then just have the Fiend destroy him. I mean, what, what did are you into the Fiend? I don't know what your take on is uh, on the on this new iteration of Bray Wyatt is. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was I was a Slipknot fan in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it's cool. You know, I mean, he's got a. I I I will say I like that he wasn't on last week. Mm-hmm. I like keeping him sporadic and unpredictable and things like that. I will say if he just keeps attacking, like you know, old legends or whatever, then that will be predictable. So it's like it, like. How awesome would it be like the next time you see him, like he does the mandible claw on Nicholas. Like he just goes the complete opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> you know, like you just don't know what he's gonna do. Um, but I I I, I liked it. I, I like the presentation of it. Um I will say I I enjoyed it more than than Sasha Banks is uh now I have blue hair because I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, I died dogged on that last week. I mean, at least this week she, you know, mentioned it. They winked at it. They yeah. winked at it, and she was like, "It was clear that she was." They made it seem like a irrational decision of a, you know, uh, heel that's very full of herself or something. I mean, it didn't, you know, but pulling off the wig to reveal a different color of hair as if that's like some great moment in in wrestling history is was it was a weird choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I I I I hope that I mean maybe the fiend is just gonna like every legend that he kills, he just absorbs their finishing move. It's like a video game or something. So like now he's gonna be able to like throw fireballs or pile drive people. I don't even know what Jerry the King. Now he's gonna be able to objectify women in a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets puppies. That's exact. That's 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 yeah. the, the take. That's that's what he puppies. absorbs. Puppies. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what else is worth talking about from Raw? I mean, it was both episodes are really good. Uh, Samoa Joe beats Cesaro for the King of the Ring. Oh, you want to talk about the King of the Ring tournament? You're yeah. mad. You, see, you don't like the King of the Ring tournament format. Go ahead. I don't like the presentation because it just means you want to match every week. Like, the point, <laughs> like, I mean, and I know this was like the first pay-per-view, of, uh, um, but one of the first pay-per-views that I ever um, saw uh, was King of the Ring 93, 
and Brett came off so awesome because he beat Razor, uh, Mr. Perfect, and Bam Bam in the same night. Yeah. Like, that's that's incredible. And they were three different unique matches mm-hmm. that were all amazing. And I think like that, and I know it was 93, he'd already held the belt and stuff and then lost it to Hogan on the different podcasts. Um, but uh, it showed how great he was. And I think just doing this one thing a week, like it would be cool to see ricochet potentially like in three matches where one's more mat based and one's more high flyery you know and then he's against a big guy and how does he do that um but just the match a week thing i get it for ratings but it just doesn't in terms of kayfabe and being able to brag about being the king of something it's not as impressive yeah yeah i can see that i mean i'm uh... It would be fun if they had more pay-per-views that were, if they had pay-per-views like King of the Ring that were kind of built around one idea, you know? I mean, and, and there's been a lot of comparisons of the sort of return of King of the Ring to the G1, which just finished up. And and uh, this is not, this is not kind of evoke that same level of of uh, no. depth and seriousness, but whatever. I mean, I, I kind of like what they're doing and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. It would be fun if they had four matches or something, or three matches on the on the pay-per-view card to, to, to evoke that old, that old time, but... Um, you know, it seems like they've picked the right people for the tournament. Even the people that are, that are losing in the first round get a little bit of rub for just being in it. And I don't yeah, know. I, no, I I think I think there's going to be good matches out of it. I would love to see Joe win. I think uh, I think he's the best talker in the company right now. And I think that having something to tangibly brag about would would make him even better. I know he he's a big. Uh, choker when it comes to the the championship matches and stuff, but at least let him be more of a credible threat, and and I think that could help. If you had asked me ahead of time, I would have said like, there's no version of like actually like wearing a crown and a robe that, that for the like, king that I would have approved of. But I can kind of get behind Samoa Joe slouching with like a crown on, just some sort of like real like <laughs> yeah. like I don't awesome. know. I, I I could I I kind of yeah I could see that going really well. We know it's not going to be Kevin Owens who lost on on SmackDown or at least uh, saving some sort of storyline reversal. He he lost to uh, Elias in, the, in his first round match. Um, uh, Andrade went went on to the second round beating Apollo Cruz, and of course uh, back on Raw, Cedric Alexander beat Sami Zayn. Um, we're skipping around a bunch here, but Sami Zayn then went on to SmackDown to debut, I believe, as the new mouthpiece slash manager for Shinsuke Nakamura. Am I reading that situation correctly? Yeah, it seemed about right. That seemed, that's cool, right? I mean, that's like an unexpected, yeah. like fun use of both of them, right? Yeah, and they called back their NXT match, which was amazing. That was that was cool. Yeah, one of the one of the real advantages or one of the real positives about the NXT moving to primetime is that uh is that they can acknowledge they they're kind of forced to acknowledge everything that's ever happened on NXT now. So I think you know that that'll be fun for the diehards like you and me. Um, yeah. Oh, the the tag titles switched hands. Yeah, that's the that was the other big thing that happened this week, which is the tag titles got these hands. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman teamed up, and they beat the OC. To, I guess I mean to me, kind of shockingly, uh, become the new tag team champs over on Raw. Um, my favorite part of the whole match was Seth Rollins uh, stopping AJ Styles from interfering. It was like AJ Styles did the one like the one hundred percent effective get out of jail free card, which is get your team disqualified when they're about to lose. And Seth Rollins was like right there to stomp him and make that imp- and you know prevent that from happening. I don't know why. I just really got a kick out of that. And uh, 
And yeah, so uh, Rollins and Strowman are your tag team champs. Presumably, this is in uh, this is just building us towards a sort of mini mega power storyline, right? I mean, I don't know if it's not been officially announced or anything, but the rumors are that it's going to be Rollins versus Strowman for the title at Clash of Champions. Um, I hope I'm not spoiling anybody too much by saying that out loud, but this, um, I mean, maybe they'll work AJ in. Maybe you know, there's a lot of different ways that he go with it. But I, but I, and 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 you know, I hope that the tag titles end up back with the club or the OC, sorry, uh, in the long term. But um, you know, Rons and Strumming can be pretty fun, right? They have good chemistry so far. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I was watching, and there was just this one shot of. Rollins in a black t-shirt with a backwards hat next to Strowman, <laughs> you know, with his like giant muscles. And yeah. I, I like, I took a picture and I, I said it like to like some of my wrestling fan friends. And I'm like, you could show this to any 10 people on the street and ask them who they think the champion is. Yeah. And no one's going to say <laughs> the Papa John's delivery driver. <laughs> uh, oh, that's rough. Yeah, um, I mean, backwards hat, not a, not a good look for anyone. Definitely not for your your world champion. Um, I think yeah, I think they have a f- fun match. I just I like Rollins as a wrestler. I cannot stand him on the microphone. That thick Iowa accent. It yeah, just, it don't I, do it for me. I have previously been in that in that camp, and certainly uh, there are other members of my household who would agree with you wholeheartedly. There, I, I I think that he's getting. I think that I'm liking him more and more, and I don't know if I'm just getting used to him, but it feels like he. It feels like there's a little bit of '80s WWF coming through. Like it feels like he's like he's put he's he's going for a little bit more of a growl. There's more of like an angry rasp in his delivery, and hopefully he's. He's he's looking for a little bit more a little bit more punch in that uh in in his style. I mean, I, he's a very competent promo. He gets the I job won't. done, but he's you're right. He doesn't have the same magnetism on the mic that uh, some of our favorites from years past have. I will say, and I, I think this might be a Heyman influence, but they are getting a little better with the presentation of promos. I did like the inset promos during the King of the Ring. I thought mm-hmm. that was good. I mean, and it's not it, to me. It's not like I want this stuff because I had it back then. It's like I want this stuff because I think it's effective. I think it helps. I, I liked Becky's promo. I thought was good, and I liked. I don't think I don't think that he might be the best person to do this storyline on, on the microphone. I like the idea of the Ray and Dominic story. You yeah. know, it's it's the view never changes. It's uh, you ever watch? I I I think this is like one of the all time greatest promos ever. You ever watch uh, Archie Goldie the 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 Stomper when he's yeah. upset about his son getting beaten up by uh, Bad News Brown, and he has to you know come out of retirement and, and avenge his son. It's like one of the most beautiful things you could find it on YouTube. No, I'm gonna watch. I this highly right recommend now. it to to every wrestling fan. He it is so real, like the the hate and anger that he feels for this guy who injured his kid and he's regretting ever letting his kid join the wrestling business and all of that. It's it's powerful stuff. And and I don't know if you know Ray's the one on the microphone to do that. <laughs> but but I want to see where that goes, you know. And I think like because you could really build Andrade as a massive heel if he either really uh takes out Ray or Dominic. Oh yeah, I'm looking at this right now. This is a fan this looks fantastic. I'm gonna watch this the moment we get off the air. I don't know if I Oh I've you're gonna cry. This. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I was recommended damn. it on Scott Keith's blog, who I'm a big Scott Keith fan. He's he was like, great. This is the greatest promo of all time and I'm like, Yeah, I think you might be right. 
the first YouTube comment spoiled it for me. It said this inter- the interview done after his son's injury in parentheses not his real son by Stomper is <laughs> some of the greatest work on the mic and all of all time in the business. Incredible emotion. It's like God damn it, yeah. let him be I his know. son. Let him be his son. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, Lance Von Eric is a Von Eric to me. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Von Eric was the worst. Um, wonder what he's up to. They should bring him. Joey Janela should find him to bring him back for a match. Just um, have all the fake family members. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I just double checked to make sure he's alive. He is alive, and weirdly, like the first picture that comes up for him on a Google search has him with Jake the Snake, snake or like a python around his neck. Let, let's bring back Lance Von Eric and have him be managed by Shelton Benjamin's mama. <laughs> which which I know maybe not a lot of wrestling fans know this the woman who played her was Thea Vidal who was a stand up and had her own show called Thea oh yeah Thea on was ABC great. in the 90s <laughs> which and then she was Shelton Benjamin's mom <laughs> so show business is hard guys uh, <laughs> save your money um, <laughs> yeah uh, for all of the the, the uh, aspiring actors and actresses who are listening to the show yeah dude, be careful uh, yeah. Pay your taxes, save your money. Um, <laughs> listen, we got to get out of here. We've been going at this for a while. Um, wait, is there any news that we missed, Jim? Anything important to mention? The uh, the signing of Orange Cassidy? Yeah, let's talk about that. A couple of things. Let's bring this back full circle and talk about AEW and NXT one more time. Um, I wanted to first, one, one more note about WWE before we get to Orange Cassidy, who just signed with, with uh, AEW. Um, one of the things that we didn't discuss that's sort of interesting is that, you know, WWE has announced that they're going to go to these pricing tiers for the WWE network. And the new interface, at least in my experience on the network, is great. And they seem to be moving in a good direction there. But um, they're taking like, I mean, I know that the that the pay-per-view is the biggest draw on the network, right? But they're taking like one of the biggest, probably the biggest weekly show that they have and taking it off the network. It's still going to be on on Thursday yeah. nights. But you can't make this part of any sort of premium tier, right? I mean, there, there's not, I guess, th- there's a lot of questions. I don't know any of the answers. But, I mean, they, you know, if NXT is a proper TV show now, then I guess there's space to run a different developmental show on the network, maybe with a little bit lower production value. Maybe it's Evolve. Maybe it's something else entirely. Um, they have NXT UK on there. But I, I just, it seems weird that they're at, that they're at the same time trying to, like, make uh, find new v- hidden value in the network and 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 they're getting rid of like the reason why a whole lot of diehard fans who are your core target audience are are, are subscribing the network right i mean isn't it, are they do you think they're going to be able to find enough stuff or are we all just going to keep subscribing because we're diehard fans and it doesn't matter i th- i think the archives you know is a big thing i think yeah those those takeovers and 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 the pay per views. I I I I can't imagine many people leaving, um, because of just NXT. And I mean, yeah, you still have the UK thing. Although, you know, if they're smart, they'll they'll bring up the best three or four guys onto the USA show. They should, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. It it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of it. But but now that is the positive of everything to tie it all around. We're excited. Like we yeah. don't know what's going to happen, and and that feels fresh and new. It's true. It's true. I, I mean, I think that the struggle with it with the WWE Network is going to be interesting, just because they've like you know they there's not a lot of stuff on that network that moves the needle ratings and subscription wise. Certainly none of the, a lot of the, you know, the, the non in ring programming they've had has not moved the needle in, ter- in terms of their numbers. As far as I know, 
Um, and you can tell because they have shows that have cost like a buck fifty to make that they still cancel, even though some people are watching them. You know, I mean, they they just, yeah. there's there's not a lot that really works, and they're still trying to figure out what that is. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe I mean who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll get Billy Corgan's NWA or something and put it on there. I mean, there's <laughs> anything's possible. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about AEW. They just signed Orange Cassidy, which on the one hand is like when I heard it, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't already signed there because. And, and and when I realized he wasn't, I was like, yeah, this what's the, of course he is, of course they're signing him because he's the biggest name on the indie scene in a lot of quarters, you know? I mean, yeah. he's, he's not, he's not Kenny Omega, but like there's way more Orange Cassidy highlights on Reddit than there are Kenny Omega highlights. Um, but then there is this, all this backlash, uh, you know, ironic or legitimate that sort of like he's, he's, he, I mean, Orange Cassidy's shtick for people who don't know is that he's like a deconstructionist of the form is that the right yeah. is that the way to put it he like i think so wrestle, yeah. he wrestles in slow motion with minimal movement and just sort of like it's ironic wrestling right i mean he like does light paint he lightly paint brushes his opponent's face uh without doing any damage and then sometimes his opponents react as if he's done great damage sometimes they just act like he's not hurting them at all which he's not um but it's just comedy it's like it's just funny ironic postmodern deconstructed wrestling and he wrestles with his hands in his pockets a lot, and it just—it just like it, people go crazy for it. It's—it's a—it's a very great version of the sort of stuff that we've all that many of us who have been to high-level indie shows have seen in those in those settings. Um, but he sort of per, he personifies the whole the whole thing. I mean, is it did this upset you when you heard that he was on? I mean, is there a reason to be like up in arms about this? I don't quite get the the background. No. I think that this could be a key to AEW's success. The way that you win, look, TNA tried to be a lighter version of WWE. They did a lot of the same things. They had a lot of the similar factions and things like that. And um, and, and presentation-wise and stuff, the way they did promos and things like that. I think that if you want to capture uh, kids... And and kids are the most important part of wrestling. I, I think they always will be. Um, and I think AEW can get them. And I think Orange Cassidy is a guy. Like, Orange Cassidy wrestles like he's on his phone. Like, he <laughs> can resonate with a generation of kids who are on their phones, you know? I mean, look, the, I, the first time that I saw him, I think, was the first time that a, a decent amount of people saw him was at the, you know, uh, the battle Royale at double or nothing. And he stuck out. I mean, it's like, you know, look, I've, as a stand up, I've seen alt comedy. I've seen people do weird stuff. Guys like, you know, uh, Joe para and things like that. And the truth is when you're on a lineup of like 12 people and someone's sticking out, I'm sure Andy Kaufman in the seventies or eighties, you know, doing weird things. Like it just, it just helps the show. I, I think, <laughs> It's good for wrestling. I think um, having things like that, I, because the best part of wrestling to me a lot of times is that we don't know who the guy is going to be. We don't mm -hmm. know that the ringmaster is going to be this big headliner two years later. You know, it's the, the Tom McGee story. Yeah, you were looking at your world champion. It was the other guy. So I think AEW signing some of these like fringe indie guys who do things differently, who are weirder, one of them I think has the potential to pop off. Um, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I think it possibly could be Orange Cassidy. And, and I think that 
what he does um he's great at and um it takes a lot of skill to de- you have to understand an art form i think to deconstruct it a lot of times like the guy probably could have a great four-star match if he wanted to in the traditional sense of what that is but what he's doing takes more determination and hard work and i think it could resonate with people i think you got to use it wisely and then it's up to him to evolve uh the gimmick once it does start to feel old or stale yeah i i, I like that take i think that's i think that's right i think that the 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 concern i mean the it, I know that Jim Cornette is mad. Jim Cornette's always mad about these things, but I, I think <laughs> yeah, there's I, a cloud in the sky. Um, I do think that there's, I think there's probably a legitimate fear. I don't think there's, I don't think, I don't think Orange Cassidy is a sign of the apocalypse or anything. But if you're, if you're a dyed in the wool WWE fan, or more, maybe more significantly, if you're an old school wrestling fan that's maybe lapsed. There's there might be a tendency to look at a lot of EC, I mean a lot of AEW talent as uh as kind of extraneous beyond the pale whatever I mean like, like there are people uh, Jim Cornette and people like him were grasping at their pearls or cr- clutching their pearls over the bucks the same way they're doing Orange Casting now and you know there's this whole thing where like you know if 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 you're not selling finishers then you're not then wrestling's not real there's all these ways in which wrestling is perceived to be devalued and i guess that if there's a fear that like orange cassidy is just like is an admission that none of this matters in a way that the others can kind of elide that admission then maybe that's a problem but i I agree i think that i mean i think that the worst case scenario well i don't even know it's the worst case scenario i think that there's a way we talked about tony Schiavone earlier i think that there's a way that like Orange Cassidy is kind of like Eric Bischoff reading off the results of Raw before the show went on the air. You know, I mean, he's a little bit just like uh, he's he's like an implicit fuck you to pro wrestling and not necessarily in a bad way. It's just like it's confrontational, you know, I mean, and and, and that's a way that that's something that might make you watch. It's confrontational to the viewer, too. He he makes you like think about what you're looking at. And I don't and I think in 2019, that's that's, that's a positive thing. But maybe maybe some people are still going to be like roll their eyes at it. I don't know. I mean, what I'll say about Cornette, and I, I'm a massive fan of Cornette. Oh, I, I love Jim Cornette. I, I mean, I, 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 I listen to him too. on YouTube way too much. Oh, all the time. Yeah, that got me through a lot of lean years listening to his <laughs> stuff. But I do think, like, you know, the wrestling that he's a, a fan of a lot of times, like, a lot of the people that were a fan of that, that were paying to see it, are gone. They stopped, and and the world changed. And, and I think that, a lot of the basic principles, I listened to his review of Double or Nothing. I thought he had a lot of great points, but I think um, the audience that he's thinking of isn't necessarily the audience that they're going after. Um, and I think that Orange Cassidy and Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, um, these are ways to go after different types of audiences and and bring people in. And And the thing is, like, there is that set amount of people that are going to watch wrestling every week and they're going to be here no matter what because our childhoods are broken and something sad within us and we're always <laughs> going to we're always going to you know there's too much real conflict in our lives that we need scripted conflict to feel better about ourselves but how do we get those new people and it's i think it's thinking outside the box i mean luchasaurus and jungle boy like that's cool i mean yeah. i i saw them just the presentation of it i'm like i'm into this this is fun yeah, I mean, I think that the big thing that Jim Cornette, and, and I don't mean again mean to focus on him, but he's made himself the kind of the, yeah. the 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 banner child or whatever of this of that whole argument. Yeah, the thing that Jim Cornette and his ilk miss is that 
they came up at its point in time when wrestling was real. It was presented as real. Now you can, you know, you can, and I, and I certainly in writing have argued that it was never perceived as real, but it was part of this implicit handshake between the promoter and the talent and the, and the audience that we're going to conduct ourselves if it's real. And, and certainly what made people tune in was the, was the implicit danger, you know, it was like the four horsemen breaking Dusty Rhodes' arm. Like that seemed like a real attack. Um, and, and that you have to have that sort of sense of danger of, 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 of uh, tension and, and, you know, that's a real thing. And certainly they, we can still, we still play with that in the pro wrestling world. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. there are ways in which WWE plays with that every single week, but Jim Cornette was already in the business. He was already completely under the veil of kayfabe and everything else. When the tide started turning and you can blame Vince McMahon or blame modernity or blame whatever you want, but Jim, but Jim Cornette is not, Jim Cornette didn't have to deal with people saying, you know, that shit's fake. Don't you to the way that we wrestling fans did growing up because he was already, he was already in the business and he was already saying, fuck you. Like, you know, and, and, probably recording podcasts in 1985. <laughs> I think that, I, and I think that that's sort of the way that Orange Cassidy, where you look at him and, and anything like him as a positive thing. So if anyone ever comes to you and they're just like pro wrestling and raise and raise an eyebrow, you can just be like, yes, watch this Orange Cassidy match. You know, I mean, like yeah, he, and- he is the implicit, I mean, he is the, the, he is the direct defense to Wrestling fans are watching something, you know, wrestling fans believe something stupid. It's like, no, we don't. We believe some, we, yeah. we know, we know exactly what we're watching and you're stupid for thinking it's like that. And would AEW even exist in the form it's in if it didn't have a successful YouTube page and these hot topic sales? You know, it's like they found these outside revenue streams that people weren't thinking of, the, the Funko Pops, things like that, that they they did on their own just through grassroots promoting, mm-hmm. um, you know, by appealing to, to people who... Either or disenfranchised, like the amount of people that I've talked to, like, you know, women especially, I think that's something that doesn't get brought up enough in terms of AEW and and what the fan base could be, but they feel more comfortable watching AEW. They like, you know, the creativity of it all. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with them. I think the Wednesday Night Wars are going to be fantastic. Um, Yeah. And it's going to be fun, man. I think that you you, you made the point earlier about SmackDown losing out. I don't. Th- I mean, I think SmackDown on Fox is going to be is going to shock us all with how well produced and how interesting that whole thing is. Um, I think that um, you know we talked about the production infrastructure, but Fox has a lot of that. I mean, it's not like they're taking it over fully. I mean, WWE still Kevin Dunn, Vince, everybody's still very involved. But like, I think that even with TNA, even with AEW, we're sometimes blind to how. Uh, how much sameness there is. And this is what I was talking about before. AEW is going to be trying to find what makes it, sets itself apart. But um, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see the difference that just like a kind of traditional and very polished outfit like Fox can bring into this, especially one with a, with a vested interest in sort of making it feel a little bit more like real sports, if not to Jim Cornette's uh, precise um, recipe, you know, a little bit more. So, you know, that, that'll be there too. But it will be interesting to see how we as wrestling fans talk about it. I mean, just like, like, listen, we're, I'm going to be doing this podcast every week before SmackDown comes on. 
You know, I don't, I, I presume, yeah. presumably we'll wait till after Wednesday, but I don't, I mean, but like certainly not, I can't wait till after SmackDown. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to even see how we start the week. But anyway, this has been a fun week. It's going to be, it's for, it's fun to look forward to future weeks. But right now, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Um, Thanks for having me, man. Listen, this is a blast. One question before I let you go. Yes. Uh, you were giving advice to other actors before, but this is more of a personal question. If if you got a call from Vince McMahon or Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff, and they're like, we got a role for you. You just have to shave your head and sit with a bag over your head for two hours, and then we're going to pull it off and reveal that you look exactly like Eric Rowan. Would you do it? And for how much money, how much money would it take you to say yes? I would ask if it's SAG AFTRA and they would <laughs> immediately uh, tell me to uh, leave. Uh, I think that's the right answer. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. Do you want to promote anything on the way on? Um, yeah, my uh, my album uh, Mega Man Child is on iTunes and uh, Spotify. And uh, yeah, listen to it. Thank you. Yeah, definitely listen to that. Mike, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. And um, apologies, as always. To John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. Speaking of creepy looking white guys, now I have blue hair because I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>